Country and Cocans. As always, I'm Logan sitting here with Andy and Kyle. Make sure you go follow us on Twitter, man. We've been having some good content out there here and there. We need to get better at uh, being a little more consistent, but we're trying here, folks. But uh, also go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, give us uh, five stars, subscribe, uh, and then we'll we'll keep turning out podcasts for you guys. All right, Andy, where are you at today, man? I see you're driving. Missouri. Missouri, where at? Uh, in between Springfield and Kabul. Kabul. Like, Jesse James land. There's a Kabul, Missouri. Yep. Andy, are you one of those? Nowhere. Are you one of those Americans still stranded in Afghanistan? Yes. <laughs> Send help. <laughs> oh Lord! Coming to you live from Kabul, Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. So. I don't, I, Andy, I know you didn't, but Kyle, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring it up. You watched the uh, Clemson-NC State game? I did. I binged um, seven hours of college football Saturday afternoon, and it was it was glorious. That was the way to watch uh, spend a Saturday is to do nothing but watch college football. Well, I had some stuff to do in the morning, but yeah, I, uh, about 3 o'clock, I uh, watched it until about midnight when I fell asleep, and uh Congrats on the big win. Appreciate it, man. Like I got to say, uh, I've been to a lot of games at Carter Finley in the last like nine, 10 years. And that was probably easily top three, maybe top two uh, best experiences at Carter Finley stadium. Um, you know, I, I won't go on a long tangent here, but it's been a long time coming against Clemson 2016. We had them beat the year they won the national title, missed a chip shot field goal. We come in here a few years later and, uh, Right, it was almost watching the same movie unfold, and we all knew how it always ends. State missed another chip shot field goal at the end of regulation, tied at fourteen, and at half the stadium, probably more than that, was all thinking, "Here we go again." In mm-hmm. my head, though, I was like, "We're not losing this time." I don't know why; I just felt good about it. Double overtime, the pack pulls it out. It's crazy, but mm-hmm. thank God. You know, I'm sure Dave <clears throat> knows this, but um. Seriously invest in a scholarship kicker. Well, Chris Dunn, he's an all-ACC scholarship kicker who makes 83% of his kicks uh, in his career. He's only missed seven under 45 yards in his career. And he's here. This is like his fourth year. He just, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy because now he's, (laughs) he missed the game winning field goal from 38 yards out. Well, luckily it didn't matter in the end. Uh, my only uh, commentary is that it's probably the second biggest win in Carter Finley. The biggest being 1998 East Carolina versus Miami uh, hurricane game. Oh, that, was play- it- that was played there because of a hurricane. Oh, uh, is that the one where y'all stormed the field? Yeah. Try to take the goalpost down. Yes. Now yes. I, I see that, and I'll raise you one more. That was a, probably a bigger game from that same year at Carter. I believe, I believe Miami was five or six in the nation somewhere I think, around there. I think they were, but yeah. now I'll see that, and I'll raise you. Same season, nineteen ninety eight, NC State versus Florida State. Uh, yeah, Florida State had only lost two conference games in, since they joined the ACC in ninety two, and NC State beats them uh, behind Chris Winkie throws like six picks. Tory yeah. Holt. Uh, yeah, yeah. NC State great wide receiver had uh, four touchdowns that day, and and they beat them like twenty four to seven. It, yeah, that's a big win. Yeah, yeah, 
But fair enough. Enough about NC State athletics. We got the big win. Go pack. All right. So some big news in the music world. Um, one of our the podcast favorite bands here, uh, American Aquarium, announced a couple new records today, boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna do uh, get the. It's still exciting, but the lesser of the two, the lesser of the two albums that people are yes. anticipating, Slappers, Bangers, and Certified Twingers Part Two, Volume Two, is been announced. So they're gonna record that. That's gonna be cool because I I really like their '90s cover album they did. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. Um... They are covers, um, and I, I mean, I'm fine with covers. I don't. BJ does a good job. He I mean, he picks the he picks the right songs. I'll give him that. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. I mean, look, I really enjoyed that because I know Andy doesn't like '90s country, but I love '90s country. It was kind of cool seeing a reimagining of some of those songs. '90s was a, a in my opinion, a dead period. For a lot of music, um, with the with the exception of the '90s rock scene, which just completely rebuked age rock yeah, and the hair metal, yeah, and killed hair turned, metal, yeah, and turned to more of a more of a grunge scene, uh, which I was a fan of, and '90s country, which is the golden generation of country music, in my opinion. Yeah, like especially for folks our age that are, you know, mid to late 20s, maybe even a little bit older, like it's definitely like up into their 30s. People love that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the old timers, though, will tell you that 90s country was where country uh, got ruined. That's what they think. Yeah, yeah well, old people, they they can go relive their glory days. <laughs> but no, and then, okay, back on American Aquarium real quick. The uh, more anticipated album that they have coming out, they have a, a brand new record of originals that they're going into the studio. And um, I believe they said they're recording at the Sonic Ranch in El Paso, Texas. And Brad Cook, the guy who produced Wolves, he's coming back to produce this project. We can um, hope it's last album was, it was a, it was a B. I can hope it's better than that one in my opinion, but we'll see. Uh, Yeah, no, I like the last album, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't the strongest. It wasn't, it was a really good, well-written album. So like when we say that everybody, we're not meaning that it wasn't a good album. It's just relative to their previous output. I think that it's, it wasn't as good, even though it still was good. If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, my commentary on that album is without looking it up. I, here's here's a way an album speaks to me. If I can remember months and years later, a song on an album, that that album's very good. I can't remember any of the songs without looking them up. Yeah. He had that standalone single um that they cut the music video for. Um say something about names. Tell me the luckier you get. Yep, that one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it, but like I said, I don't it doesn't just pop into my head you know, immediately. Yeah. That's kind of sums up my thoughts. Yeah. I mean, this is their ninth studio album. They're going in and um, it's pronounced, hopefully I'm not butchering this, uh, but it's Chickamacomico, something like that. Or um, yeah, something. I don't know. I mispronounced it. I know. But it's it's based off of a settlement on Hatteras. Cause like so the Native American, I'm taking it. I'm thinking so, yeah. Okay. And because you know, like you know, the early settlement in North Carolina was like a lot of Native Americans out on the coast in the Outer mm-hmm. Banks area. And um, the cover art i'm assuming maybe is the album cover that was uh he posted 
it looks like, you know, the coast of North Carolina. So I'm interested. I think thematically I could see him going kind of a North Carolina direction on this, which would be kind of cool because I feel like I'm not saying this as a negative, but I feel like they kind of drifted towards a lot of like Texas kind of stuff. Like in some yeah. ways, cause they tour there a lot, but I, I would really, really like a North Carolina kind of themed record in some ways. What say you, Andy, you're unusually what? quiet. I got kicked out four times. So that was part oh. of it. But, uh, the, uh, I'd agree. I, I do agree with what you said though, about the Texas thing where it was what in one in the last album, when he, in one of the scenarios the narrative, he was living in Dallas versus North Carolina, which I agree with you on that. I, I do like the North Carolina narrative a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm with you on that. I know that, you know, we can't always have everything about North Carolina, but as yeah, it makes it a little Carolina, less unique. Want it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, a lot of people think about Dallas. I know. I yeah. remember that was your criticism of uh, the line and round here buzz by Eric church. Yeah. Yeah. Andy's like in the so. sign in the song, it says I've never been East of Dallas. And Andy's like, you grew up East of Dallas. <laughs> yeah. It makes it different. Yeah. I mean, people, I mean, people like being from Texas. So. Sure. I mean, Texas seems like it's a cool state. I've only been there once, but you know what? I love North Carolina. Hell yeah. I'm from North Carolina. Texas is cool. It's hot. It ain't cool. It's hot. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know about Texas, but I like North Carolina. We have seasons. We get a break from the incredible heat and humidity. It's yeah. true. Even though Texas we have has about hot and less hot. Even though we have about six months of summer here, which I'm not complaining about by any means. Uh, the month fall, October is a glorious month. October is a really nice month in North Carolina because it's not cold like it gets in November or December, but it it feels like awesome. Yes. It's, it's like a psych. nice breeze. Like you could wear like a hoodie or something and you're not, um, you, it, and like it's comfortable, I guess is the way I should put it. It's perfect. And yeah. it's the, and it's the best month of the year sports wise. Yeah. It's the, isn't that the month that like all sports are kind of going at the same time? Yeah. I mean, you, we get the heat of college, uh, football and NFL. We have the world series and, uh, uh, baseball coming to its end. The NBA, if that's for you, kick tipping off. Hockey starting off. So yeah, college basketballs right around the corner. Infancy yep. for the yep. year at that point. It's a glorious month. Yeah, October is pretty. And look, Halloween. I look. I'm maybe 27, but I still, I still like Halloween. Debra, you're at my house right now. You haven't seen this. The ungodly amounts of decoration that's in this house yeah, for Halloween. Did. Was that Bailey? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. We're down here in the, in the studio in Kyle's basement and it's, it's totally like a dude's basement around here where his studio is. But, uh, upstairs he, he lets his fiance decorate the rest of the house. That's 100% accurate. Yeah. So (laughs) so this is where all the reject stuff goes. That doesn't make the cut for anywhere else. And what he means by that, he means nothing but awesomeness. It's like three TVs down here, a pool table, a fridge, um, unique beer cans of which he's drank. A bar. A bar. A bar. With he's saloon got, doors, I might With add. saloon doors, neon signs, uh, sports memorabilia. Like, honestly, I'd say this is probably the best, my favorite room in your house. I 100% agree, yeah. yeah it, but it, it is the reject stuff, so that's what Bailey calls it. <laughs> So well, that's the beauty of America. She's allowed to be wrong. It is true. Yes. And I can come down here and be happy and all my reject stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, American Aquarium uh, putting out a new record. 
So we have a date on that? I think it'll be sometime uh, uh, in summer of 2022. Oh, okay. So I think I was reading. A decent ways off. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They haven't. He always. So one cool thing that I think is cool about the American Aquarium fans and what BJ has kind of cultivated for himself is that it's 100% crowdfunded. Like he has his own label now that he owns, but it's like um, it's basically paid for by pre-orders. So and he said that 100% every dime of the money that people pre-order with. you can it's going to go towards making the record which is uh it's it's just a cool thing he's able to do that now and um it, there there's lots of different levels so it's not like you just buy the record pre-order it for 9.99 or whatever what have you you can also get like special t-shirts you can get your name in the liner notes on the record you can be credited as an executive producer um oh, if, yeah. you, if you pay enough like i was thinking like what if country and cold cans was a executive producer on the next american aquarium project that would be that would be pretty sweet. I mean, yeah, he's a salesman. I mean, hey, good for him. He's trying to, oh, yeah. he's, trying to he's trying to toe that line of being. Well, it, I think it's a cool thing because he he's getting the record paid for, but he's giving something in return to people that are willing to pay more than just the nine ninety nine. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, they get, I mean, they're getting something for it. It's not like he's just like, hey, you give me your money. He's like, hey, you give me your money, and in return, here's something cool. I wonder how many people are going to be in that byline. I don't know. I think my brother, my older brother was in the Things Change liner notes, I believe. Hmm, that's pretty sweet. No, he did one of them. Yeah, his wife bought it for him for like his birthday or Christmas one year. Oh, that'd be pretty dope. Yeah, it would. Yeah. It's pretty wonder how much. wonder how much it would cost to get our logo slapped up in the, on the cover art. <laughs> Probably <laughs> that, a lot. That might would cost. For, I don't know if we could. Uh, I don't know if we could actually. Pay him enough for him to want to do that. Say BJ. Al, if you considered uh, selling your house, we might be able to pay for it then. (laughs) Oof. Yeah, BJ, just screw the cover art you have. Let's just use our logo as the cover art. Yeah. What would that take? Yeah. This is what. This is why, Andy. You need to just become rich, and and me and D Barry can live off of you. That's right. And then when the podcast starts making us lots of money, um, we can also take all that money and not give you any. Yeah, we can be yeah. complete mooches because you're be already rich. You, if I have that much money, this still sounds like a pretty good deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And he's like, you know what? At the end of the day, I'm still rich. This is yeah. true. Solid I, deal here. Yeah. Well, I, I'm rooting for you. Please win the lottery in whatever state you're in. Yeah. Really, though. You turn around, hey. go back to Oklahoma and hit the casino up. Yeah. Because we all know from Tampa that hitting the casino is, this, is the best way to uh, make a bunch of money. I've never hit in the casino. I've only ever lost money. Really? Have, how many times have you gone to a casino? I've been to Las Vegas three or four times. I'm, I'm talking about like... Oh, you've never I, made money? Well, yeah, over the course of the trip. I've been up, sure. but I've been on that high, so high. One more hand, baby. And then I lose 50 bucks. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, I got to get that 50 back. <laughs> yeah, I did something similar down in Tampa. <clears throat> I had never gambled before. I'm not a big Logan's gambler. Logan's a casino expert now. He's been one time. I know, seriously. Um, if you have any questions about casinos, reach out to me at, at uh, Logan at com. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, I went to the casino there. First time I ever gambling. And when I, when I was in there, I said I took out 100 bucks in cash and... It was funny because Andy got his card eaten by the ATM and had to, we had well, to go. Me. Uh, who was it then? CJ. Was CJ. It was CJ. Uh, Sorry. It wasn't Andy. It was CJ. My bad, Andy. But uh, so we had to go get like the maintenance people to open it up. That was kind of funny. But thankfully he got it out. But I went in there with a hundred bucks and was like, if I lose this, I lose this. I've never gambled before. We go up to like the cheaper digital 
uh, yeah, yeah. uh, roulette table up upstairs. And I like immediately had beginner's luck. And I was like, this is easy. I was like, why does everybody lose so much money? I was like, idiots. They knew. They knew. <laughs> I know. And I was sitting there and I was like, I, I went up like 60 bucks. I went up 70 bucks and I went down 30. Then I went down 30 more. Then I went up again. And I was just like, you know what? I said, I cashed out. And I was like, broke even. Then I went back, put it back in 10 minutes later. And within <laughs> half hour, I was broke. I, oh, lost yeah. all, I lost all a hundred dollars. I wasn't broke, but I lost a hundred dollars that, that I put down. Dude, I have the best luck at casinos. I really actually do pretty good. First machine I walk up to, I put a 20 in it. There's somebody left five bucks on instantly cashed out and made five bucks, never even played. That's how my casino experiences usually go. Well, that five bucks, I don't really almost, gamble a lot, so. that five bucks was almost enough to buy you a beer. Yeah, yeah. probably not. You sound like a robot right now. Now, my gambling tastes have changed. I was a big that on was the, a crappy thing about it. The, my gambling taste have changed. It, it, but when I first started, I, I used to like the blackjack table. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just a sports book junkie. Oh, you bet against the spread? I will bet on literally anything. They had the women's Wimbledon the last time I went to Las Vegas. Yeah. I was betting on just broads I'd never heard of. <laughs> and just watching women's tennis on a one million inch TV. No idea who these women are and just hoping I win. And as long as you have a little bet ticket in your hand, they'll keep bringing you drinks. Yeah, we didn't have that luxury in Tampa. They didn't, it wasn't any free stuff. But yeah, my favorite thing about casinos is the free part. Well, Las it's Vegas. Awesome. As long as Vegas, as long as you look like you're gambling or are gambling, they're yeah. bringing you the booze. Yeah. Sir, yeah. can I answer you in some dinner? It's on the house. Yeah. Yep. As long as you pretend like you're doing something. Second, you don't like your plan, they don't come by. Yeah. Yeah. I, now, I just recently joined a, um, a, a, a betting league of betting against the spread for the NFL. Mm. It's a real cheap league, like $40 buy in. The most you can lose is 40 bucks. And every week I have to pick the games and I quickly have learned how little I know about the NFL. Like yeah. I, I, I get, I think I'm around 500 right now on my, that's picks. pretty good. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, I'm just kind of picking people. I'm just like, Oh, this looks good. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. I don't watch a lot of NFL. I think the most I've watched is hanging out in your reject basement. Yeah. I mean, it's quite nice when you have red zone and yeah. The local games on the other two TVs. Yeah. True. True. I live but, a life of luxury. Yeah. But uh, before we get into the main topic, I'm going to see Brooks and Dunn this Friday. That's going to be pretty hype. Yeah, dude. It really will. I've never seen him. And the way I look at it is, you know, Ronnie Dunn is like probably 68 now. Like, yeah, he's on the... He's the, I think he's around the same age as Hank Jr. And people don't realize that because their peaks... that old. Yeah. Their peaks were just at different times. But they're about the same age. But yeah. He looks really good to be 68. Yeah, I mean, I'm I sure haven't seen that. recent pictures. He of still him, has but. he still has uh, long flowing hair at his age. So, yeah, yeah, it's good for him. I'm jealous. Yeah. And his voice you sounds really real? good. I don't know, Andy. I'm not going to get into speculation I mean, about whether his hair is real. <laughs> I feel like that guy could have enough money. He's probably got enough money. He can pay some scientists to make give him fake hair. They do implants. Yeah, I mean, it looks real to me. So, I mean, I, I'll just say it's real. D Bear hasn't touched it, ran his fingers through it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's for later. 
So where where is this at? Is it at Walnut Creek? Or? Yeah, it's a Walnut Creek in Raleigh okay. at the amphitheater. So it's going to be about 20,000 strong out there. I'm sitting in the lawn in the cheap seats. But, you know, I'm excited about it, man, because, like, Brooks and Dunn is interesting to me because if you had told people in the 90s and early 2000s who would be the most influential act of that era, that everybody would have said, obviously, George Strait, Alan Jackson, um, probably Garth. But in reality, if you look at, listen to, like, um, some of Luke Combs' stuff and some of like even like Tristan Merez's stuff and folks like that are, that are around our age, their music is much more similar with some of the guitar riffs and everything to that like kind of Brooks and Dunn sound more so than Alan Jackson and George Strait. I think Brooks and Dunn is probably one of the more influential acts for younger people. I saw an interesting article the other day that uh, was was the generation after us Gen Z. They're it really is. getting into like '90s country, and Brooks and Dunn is like one of their favorites. Well, I wonder how much that reboot album they did had to do with that. It probably helped with the young kids because yeah. you know most of them were uh, by the time they were really listening to country music, they were you know Brooks and Dunn had been retired, and you had like Kicks Brooks's solo record. Ronnie Dunn put out a couple solo projects, but yeah. the height of Brooks and Dunn, those kids weren't really around for. No, like Red Dirt Road's 2003. We were yeah. young then. Yeah, we were young then. I mean, and even shoot, like they're, even the, they're, their biggest heyday of like the mid to late nineties, like we were really little at that point. Yeah, uh, I, I mean that that, that reboot album's got to be a big reason because I mean he's got everybody from uh, Luke Combs is on that, Ken yeah. Brown's on it. Um, yeah, ugh. <laughs> he does, he does a good job on Believe. I'll, I'll give him a tip of the cap for that. Well, nobody's ever said that Kane Brown can't doesn't have vocal talent. I should put it that way. But the problem is, it's just song selection and everything is just awful. Yeah, I mean, not good with yeah. maps either. Yeah, he gets lost on his own property. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, John Party and our girl, yeah. Casey Musgraves. Yeah, yeah. And Who absolutely killed it on the Young Moon. Yeah. Kojo, so. briefly before I make a uh, statement about Casey, real quick, but Kojo was on it. He did a good, a good different type of rendition of uh, Red Dirt Red. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Casey's new record. Have you guys listened to that at all? No, nope. I, I didn't even know she had dropped a new record. So it's her first official pop release. It's not a country oh, record. Oh, okay. It's a couple of like it, I don't dislike it, right? Like I I, do, I generally mm-hmm. like Casey's music, um, but it's just kind of boring. It's bland. It's boring. Mm-hmm. It's like the songwriting isn't up to the par of what she in the past had. I think her best record was um, uh, pageant material, but that's. Like that was just what the sound of hers and the songwriting I, I really liked. Like Dime Store Cowgirl, fantastic song. But yeah. but this most recent record, it's not that it's bad per se. It's just boring. It's kind of bland. It just was disappointing. That's not that's not surprising. I uh, just I haven't listened to it, so um, it's worth like one listen through. Okay. But there are a couple of songs on it that I think are pretty good. Yeah, Starcross. And apparently, there's like a a feature film she released with it. I don't know. I don't, she, I'm not a fan of the, what is cross, a feature film? I'm not a fan of this cross media stuff. Yeah, me neither. It's, it's like a mini movie. It's a feature film is a movie, Andy, but I, I don't think it's like a, excuse me, full length movie. I don't know. I didn't watch it. I, I saw a preview for it. I didn't, it didn't look like my thing. So I didn't really care to watch it, but mm-hmm. I was like, I was going to listen to the album and you know, it's fine. It's, just boring. I don't really think that her moving in a pop direction, this is just my humble opinion here on Country and Coke Hands, is a good move. Just because it, it, I think that her 
previous, even Golden was a Golden Hour was the last record, one Grammy uh, album of the year across <laughs> all genres. That was a good record, even though it was kind of poppy. But this full on pop uh, record she did, it just it. I don't know. Maybe it's because it's not my taste. I don't know. I digress. Yeah, no comment. I haven't listened to it, so yeah. I couldn't even I, name you one of her songs, Andy. Period. You need to you need to listen to pageant material. It's a good record. Although I've you heard, probably I know you probably I've heard some like of her stuff, but I don't. I I know I've heard a song, but I couldn't name you one off the top of my head. She sings. Well, her, I'd say her biggest song is the Merry Go Round song. That's probably the that. most. Yeah, so I mean that's probably the biggest. That's the one you hear on country radio the most, I think. Or at least at the time, it was definitely. I don't yeah, know if at it's the time, biggest, but that was the one that kind of got her a lot. That and follow your arrow got her a lot of attention. Yeah. I've yeah. heard that. Those are good songs, but yeah, Merry Go Round. I remember when that came out. Oh, that was from same trailer, different bark. That was I. I really like that record too. It's mm-hmm. a good name. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, but I mean, like Casey's got talent, man. Like she I has just, pipes. I just wish that she would use that talent for country rather than pop. But you know, that's it's her career. Not mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just listening to her singing Neon Moon, it just gives me so much hope. Yeah, and it's a then, different different stylings on her version of it too, which it sounded pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, she, yeah, she completely changed the whole like uh, sound of the song, and it works. Yeah, it really so, did. So, right. but yeah, Brooks and Dunn will be fun this Friday. Uh, you and Bailey should come if y'all want. Uh, I think that a handful of our friends are going mm-hmm. to that. But and then next week, um, Thursday night, I'm going to see Coetz on Three Doors Down in Raleigh. That's an odd pairing. Uh, is it though? Like if, if Coat wasn't from the Texas scene and you just heard his music, I don't think that people would think it's that odd. No, especially for that. Yeah. Uh, Cause it's the better life, uh, 20th anniversary thing yeah. is his music and that album specifically from them do sound a lot alike. Yeah. Sonically speaking. Yeah. 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 Lyrically, they're a bit different. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it's I mean, just, it's, yeah. it'll be a fun show. Like I've been to what three co show shows, Andy. Mm, yeah, yeah, Virginia Beach, Charlotte, and Raleigh. Yeah, so it'll be it, like he's opening, so he's only probably going to play for about an hour. But it, like, it'll be fun. Like I, I guarantee you, half the younger people will be there for co, and then all the older folks will be there for three doors down. But I'm a fan of both. Hey, I just like co a lot more. You, or you're not I'll, going though, are you? It, but if I were to go, I would be go, probably. I I'll, I'll almost be going more for Three Doors Down than Co. Oh, yeah, I'm a big shame. I'm, I'm a big Three Doors Down fan. That was like yeah. that was my that was my peak. That was the first music. album I ever owned. Yeah, Which I one? like Three Doors Down a lot. The Better so, Life. Man, I'm excited. Okay. About okay. It, yeah. I have that on CD to this day. Do you still play it? That's a- uh yeah. So I don't have a CD, CD player. No. I don't have a CD player anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I used to play it all the time on CD. So that's an album. That's an interesting question, D. Barry. Do you know off the top of your head what your first album was? Yeah, first I CD do, you purchased? I do actually. It was um, Tim McGraw's Greatest Hits. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Mine was uh, Lincoln Park Hybrid Theory. Now, d- define CD. One that I the went first to- the first the first one you went and purchased with like I drove know. myself to the store to purchase no or you know your mom drove you to the store she might have bought you the CD uh, well, because okay. you wanted yeah. it not yeah. because it was around but- yeah so uh, let me answer that this way so the first one that I I wanted and I got but I didn't pay for because I was a little kid it was Tim McGraw's yeah. greatest hits first one that I paid for was Get Off on the Pain by Gary Allen okay. Yeah, that was my first. That was my first CD. Um, Andy, I used to layer that uh, 
album, especially the title track, which I think was the first track on the record. Um, when I was, it was when I was 16 and I had the 1990 F-150. I would roll the windows down with the crank windows because it didn't have electric windows. And I'd roll, rode down the dirt road to the baseball field, to baseball practice, blaring, don't know why I love women. Let it do me wrong. I'm trying to, mine was either Hybrid Theory by Linkin Park or it was the, it might have been the Nickelback album where they sang the end of the heat. <laughs> Well, Hero with the Spider-Man uh, soundtrack. Yeah, I think that might have been it. Hero was such a was such a great song. Nickelback gets so much hate. I, you know, it's funny because I've been guilty just because I'm in on the joke. It's I just like fun, to make fun yeah. of it. Yeah, but I kind of like about five or six of Nickelback songs a lot. Yeah, they I have like, some really good songs. I like most of it. I uh-huh. listened to Nickelback this month. Their I newer stuff have is a little bit different. So I don't yeah. know much about the newer stuff. After Dark Horse, I don't know a whole lot for as far as albums go. I know the hits. I'll say that. I'm not going to act like I'm a well-versed Nickelback aficionado uh, by any means. But. Dark Horse and back, I know all of it. Yeah, I'm probably with Andy. Yeah. No. But while we're speaking of records, that brings us into what we actually came to talk about today. Mm. Um, so far, so, you know, we're in about to start October. Uh, last three months of the year, the last quarter, as Andy put it on our group chain today, we're going to have an end of the year pod where we have like our, each of our top five favorite records. But right now we're going to do our top three favorite records so far. So the mm-hmm. list could be subject to change by the end of the year. And just to caveat, to be clear, whatever, to, so everybody knows what this means. Um, we're not saying these are what we think are the, th- our three best records. These are just the three that we liked the most. Our and we don't care what you think. And that too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, these are our three, like the, the ones that you probably play the most or that you, you think are your favorites, not that you think they are the best records. So starting yeah. in, go ahead. Uh, I'm good. Uh, yeah, start at number three and work down to one. Kyle? I'm going to go with the uh, new Mike and the Moon Pies album. Ooh, yeah. uh, we were going we were gonna to do a pod and then... Like I said, we all got really, really busy. Um, but paycheck to paycheck, <laughs> that's just a jam, man. I oh, just, yeah. uh, I like I said, I just love that album. Uh, you hit me up one day and you were like, "Hey, Mike and the Moon Pies just dropped an album," and I think, me personally, I think this is their best album. So um, I'm just gonna go leave it there. I mean, I don't. There's yeah, a lot hour, more on it. hour on the hour and the vein and so now social drinkers i love the, the excuse me the hook to that song yeah mm-hmm. he's like i miss old winos and social drinkers anytime you can work this the word wino into a oh, country yeah. song it's that. awesome i like but, uh i like growing pains because it's yeah very clever how he works growing pains in yeah and and I also like the beginning, the little riff on the guitar, yeah. and the steel guitar in the background. I, I think it's steel guitar. I'm so bad at being able to pick out instruments. <laughs> yeah, pick out instruments. I think it's what it is. I'm not entirely sure, but I have to go back and listen and see. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, look, this record is a cohesive album. It's not just a collection of songs, but each song actually works individually in a vacuum as well. So it's a good pick. And when I saw the album cover. I just thought that it was a Snapchat that Andy would send of his crotch to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Andy's a, for for context, everyone. Andy doesn't just send us 
images of his crotch, but <laughs> he's a truck driver. And he sometimes will send things in his truck. So yeah, it just reminds me of something that Andy would accidentally send us. And I'd be like, what's, what is this, Andy? <laughs> but, yeah. Like back in the day when you had to get people out of your favorites on Snapchat when that everybody could see that and you'd be sending yeah. just images, pictures of the wall. Not that we mm-hmm. had friends that did that, right, Andy? Yeah. Don't, hey, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never heard anybody doing such things. <laughs> yeah. All right, Andy. Number three for you, favorite record so far. What you got? Uh, well, to disclaimer, I'm a heavy on my one and two, and I had to ask for what else came out this year. But I will say for my three, I'll go with Riley Green's um, – what's it called, actually? Oh, wow. You you didn't prepare, I, did you? I don't even know what it's called. The third – I I'm all heavy on my one and two. I don't, what's that name of the album? Behind the Bar. Mm. Yeah, that's it. We reviewed it. We reviewed it here on the podcast. I would just like to say that 2021 has felt like an eternity. Yeah. Because I forgot that even came out this year. I thought it was yeah. last year till no, I went back and started looking. So I went back and started looking. Yeah. Yeah. I knew that it came out, but I do go back and still listen to that album. So I'll have to give them that on three, but I'm a, I'm a heavy on my one and two. Now I do like that, um, that album a lot. I've found myself whenever like I'm at a tailgate or just driving down the road. Cause lately I've been having a 100 mile commute for a brief period of time going to work every day. That record's easy to drive to, so I really it's have a good album. That one too. It, it is, is good. a good album. It is a good album. I I agree. Um, so yeah, I like that. Um, for me, number three. Okay, I was gonna say it was probably uh, Parker McCollum's new record. Um, it's just another one that you know Parker is a guy who we've always said has the ability to be able to kind of straddle that line between the mainstream and then like the independent side. And like Gold Chain Cowboy was just, I, I think it, 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 I wouldn't say it's one of the best records of the year in the sense of uh, it's going to make a lot of top, top five lists for a lot of like critics. But when it comes to like things that I put on just to drive uh, down the road on or something that I've, it's have friends hanging out and we want to put something in the background and or it, it's good for that. But it also has some really well-written songs on it. Like I love Dallas heart like mine falling apart. I mean, it's just, it's, it's very, I guess, uh, what you come to expect in some ways from Parker, but at the same time, um, I, I just have really liked it. And I, I love the, I love why Indiana. I was about to say, you're about to forget the best one on the album. Yeah. So Parker, uh, Hollywood gold is definitely one of my, my favorite ones so far that I've, I, I just find myself coming back to that a lot. Well, that was my number two. Um, and I'd like to give the uh, Gold Chain Cowboy, the Country and Cold Cans, rock solid stamp of approval. That's how I would describe that album. Yeah. It's just rock solid. It's not it's not world changing. It's just no, rock it, solid. But it's a really good album. I it's mean, just, yeah, it's just yeah. rock solid all the way through. Yeah, I agree. So there's two for me. All right, Andy, you're number two. My, uh, I was actually thinking about this topic uh, for more so thinking about the end of the year, but for my one and two, I don't know which one I would put first or second. I was thinking about this last week, so these could go in either order, but uh, I'll go with number two. I'll put Morgan Wade's um, Reckless in for number uh, two. It's one of my favorite albums that's come out in probably the last five to ten years. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I was listening to it Thursday night. It is so good. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's just fantastic. I don't, I don't, everybody's heard us whack off to this thing for a while. So <laughs> that's, that's one way of putting it. I mean, Andy, it is so good. Though. There, there's not a song on that album that I skip. Nope. 
No. And yeah. the ones that I used to would have said that I didn't like as much before, when I go back and listen to, I find myself even liking those songs more and more. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that you guys listen to this are going to find that we have similar music tastes here, and we're going to have some crossover because that was my number two, as number well. One. Yeah, it was was Morgan Wade. So I guess yeah. we it's Kyle's number one, mine and Andy's number two. So we can uh, I guess all talk about it collectively right now. But it, it's going to be number one in December, but unless somebody just blows up. Yeah. Oh yeah, that that's a, it'd be so hard to do Spoilers. that to knock off my one or two. You'd have to put out the greatest album to ever put out in existence of music. I mean, that doesn't really mean what. That's not really what we're talking about, though, Andy. We said it was no. our favorite. It's not what we thought was the greatest album. No, uh, yeah, yeah. No, nah, it's, it's. I'm both. I'm both on that. Yeah. Now with this record, um, it has a very good shot at becoming the number one for me by the end of the year, um, just because this one was released before my um my current number one favorite that I've been listening to, but. Well, for Morgan Wade, like Reckless, like, I mean, like you said, there isn't a bad song on the record. Oh. Even the song uh, Last Cigarette that was kind of like poppy still I love works. That song. And it's still a good song. Like, <laughs> I, I love it's one of my favorite songs on the album. Wilder Days is the perfect yeah. introductory song, like to, to lead the lead track for that record. Yeah. And I think that she just signed with a label, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And she, that's the, excuse me, that's the um, song they sent to Country Radio. So I'm interested to see if they're going to play it. Now, if I could describe this album in like a, what? How do you? Uh, body language. When any one of these songs comes up in a playlist, all I do is turn it up. Turn it up just a couple yeah. notches. Got to hear it. Yeah, I uh, now like so. I think this is, in my opinion, the best record released of the year by a long shot. Yeah, can't argue. Yeah. Oh, so, like, like I said, Wilder Days, fantastic. I love Take Me Away and Met You. Like Met You. It's yeah. just a, a good kind of like sad closer to end yeah. on. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what's going to uh, some more music in the future for Morgan Wade, because this was a fantastic freshman debut. Uh, well, yeah, when we discussed the album back, uh, I believe it was it March or April, this album dropped. Uh, uh, I don't even know. I <laughs> it feels that. like a long time ago. <laughs> I actually genuinely do worry of a sophomore slump just because yeah, she so set good. the bar so high off the jump. I mean, yeah, she really did. She like hit a home run at her first at bat. So yeah, it's like, so I, 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 we, we all need to keep our expectations in check when the next album does drop. It's just, yeah. it's hard yeah. to hit that many bangers at one time. Yeah, I do yeah, agree. Good point. But all right, Kyle, that was my number two. We already said you're number one. So what's your number two? Uh, Mike and the Moon Pies. Uh, it was Parker's. It was Parker's, yeah. Parker's is right. Uh, if I, I we mean, took all look, of Kyle's. If, yeah, we well, really did. I tell you what, just to keep the conversation going, um, I'm probably going to get mad hate for this, but shout out to Morgan Wilder. <laughs> that, that was my album. number that, that was my number one. <laughs> that's, my, that's, that's my honorable <laughs> mention, man. It's just, yeah. It's good. I did it's not good. like that album at the get-go, and that thing it grew oh, on trashed, me a ton. Oh, Andy, yeah. Andy trashed that album for like a week. Bad. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's just a good album. I mean, it's it's too many songs. but it's a du- uh, yeah. I think uh, he pulled off the double part, and that's what makes it, to me, even better. Because I, I know I said this from the get-go. I said, this guy has no business putting out a double album. He can't even put out one album. And now it's your favorite I, I had, record of the year so far. I can't say it's him and Morgan Wade are both in. The, I think obviously would no doubt. I think Morgan Wade is bigger 
But I've said this before. It's hard to put out well, one Morgan, really good Morgan album. Wade's record is better, I think is what yes. you meant. Yeah. But we're, part of it is what I would say, though. It's so hard to put out one album that's good all the way through. And he put out a double that is almost good all the way through. That It's hard to do. I, so Morgan Wallen's interesting me because I'll be honest, like I'm getting hate for this too. But I, I do like the album as well. Like his personal issues aside, um, I do like the the record, uh, the dangerous, the double record or double album, whatever you call it. But it, it's, yeah, it's it's an enjoyable pop country record from the mainstream Morgan Wallen for all the hate he gets and some of it rightfully so um, he puts out better pop country than your average generic bro on country radio and if you weed through some of those beer songs on this album there are some really good songs I think on this record I mean I I point to the album closer um, quitting time it's an Eric Church co-write and that song is like uses the uh, metaphor of like, you know, quitting time at the beginning of like getting off work. It's just talking about the relationship ending. That's a fantastic song. I don't care who you are. You can add me on that. Wonder, like, wondering about the wind. Wondering about the, the wind's a good song. Cloud. Yeah, I mean, those are good songs. Like now, are they Evan Felker level of writing? No. no. But you don't expect that from an arena, an arena level act in the mainstream who is going to put out some some duds with some better songs, but I, I mean, look, it's an enjoyable record. It gets played a lot by at tailgates and everything. And if you listen to it enough, it, I mean, you find yourself nodding along to it. It brings out the inner redneck in you like country ass shit. I hate it. That song's so bad, but it just, I don't know. Now it gets me like hype because of like, Funny it brings story. out my, my hardcore inner redneck. I like my, I, my shirt starts turning into a Dale Earnhardt shirt every time that comes on. Funny story about country ass shit. Um, my niece is a little over a year old. My sister-in-law played that for her and she just started dancing to it. And she just starts laughing every time the song is on. I don't know why. Um, maybe, you know, some people might can maybe make the argument that Morgan Wallen writes songs at the level that a one-year-old could understand. <laughs> but <laughs> but my my niece loves that song and it is hilarious because one of these days when she gets a little bit older, she's going to repeat it. And she's going to repeat it probably at the most inopportune time. And it is going to be hilarious to see her parents' faces. What? Um, I could have be completely. I know Jason Isbell wrote Cover Me Up. Yeah. Uh, did, didn't he also write um, Living the Dream? No, God, no. Oh, who wrote? Where did You're I going to catch from? a lot of hate for. Where did I hear that from? I could have sworn. Well, did he write another song on this album? No. Okay, you might want to cut that from the pod. Where did where, <laughs> where, where in the hell did I hear that from? I don't know where you heard that. Whoever told you that is I can't uh, remember if it was Twitter. Or, well, yeah, well, I could have sworn he wrote something else on that album. No, oh, well, maybe that's why it's good. Sorry. Yeah, cover me up is the best written song on the record, and that's obvious because it, it is a cover though. It's a cover, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. an Isbell song. It's not a Morgan Wallen song. Okay, well, yeah. Okay, well, maybe I'm getting just something way out of left field, confused. I, think, I know he wrote I think that. So. Okay, I could have sworn that I'd heard that he wrote something else on that album. No. Okay, well, my apologies. Okay. I don't think that. Anyway, Andy, sounds like Andy's singing a Morgan Wallen song right now. Yeah, I just can't remember where in the world I heard that from. It's bothering me now, greatly. It's deeply troubling me. Yeah, I don't know where, where you heard that from. Where else I heard that from? Or maybe I just made it up out of whole cloth in my head. You might have. 
Cause well, I apologize. trust me, trust me. He didn't write anything else on the record. Cause there's a yeah. distinct difference in the songwriting prowess on cover me up versus everything else on the record. Yeah, that's fair. But I mean, that doesn't mean the album is not enjoyable. And he, look, like we I'm always say, a, anybody that wants to try to say that the album isn't enjoyable in some way, like you're just being a hater in that regard. Like nobody's saying that it's a great album in the sense of it's going to be album of the year. Cause it's definitely not. Like you don't think it'll win anything at the CMAs or nobody cares about those awards. They're all full of shit. That's my awards. I mean, nope. the CMA awards, one of those awards shows right. where the CMA, the ACMs lost their TV deal. I mean, look, I hate all the award shows because I hate the people yeah, they that are attend stupid. them. I hate the people that attend them. It's all, but, it's all political. And like they, they right. literally, I mean, the, the labels jockey for who wins what, like it's, it's all right. shit. Right. We, like I said, neither one of us are, are, you know, arguing that point. It's just the fact that they still an award, brother. I mean, you know, whether or not it's worth a damn. Well, he's not going to be. He won't win it this year at the CMAs because he's not eligible. Did they kick him out or something? Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's had a lot of personal issues. Yeah. So. Personal Anyways. foibles haven't stopped other people from. It hasn't, but winning you know, things. Like we always say, we're not getting into all that on this, right? Show, but, yeah, but yeah, he's had a lot of personal issues that he's rightfully gotten criticism for on things. So I mean, it's just like, you know, it, I'm not getting into that on this show. I'm not dipping my I, toe into that yeah, one. I would be great, very surprised if this wasn't the best selling country album of the year. Uh, streaming numbers, it is uh, one of the yeah. best streaming for yeah. uh, country records of the year. Yeah. Who buys stuff anymore? Yeah, no one buys anything. But Andy, this happens every time you bring up Morgan Wallen's name on the podcast. He's a very I didn't say it. It was Kyle all this time. I mean, but you were literally just like getting all excited about it in your truck. Like, can't wait to say the next name. <laughs> I am holding Kyle out. Brought his name up. Hey, look the the one thing I am holding out for that I think is going to be really good is if Hicks Tape Volume Two drops. Yeah, like I now. It's already the first song just dropped about a week ago. Now they've got two out now. When did the second one come out? John Party and Larry Fleet. Okay, I've heard that one. There was another one with Jimmy Allen and maybe that's the one I haven't heard. Hardy yet. and one other person I can't remember. Oh wait, shocker! Hardy's on it. Well, Hardy's not going to be on, but like a few of these tracks, he said he's not going to be doing vocals on most of these songs on Hicks Day Volume Two. Mm-hmm. Okay, well I did not know that. That's weird. Yeah. That's odd. But he said he wants it to become its own thing moving forward where he doesn't have to be on every track, but he kind of like helps orchestrate it. So basically, he just wants to make a bunch of money and go play golf while everybody else does the performing. Well, I mean, it's it's almost like what they do in hip hop, right? Like they have collab albums, and that's yeah. kind of what this is. The but, only reason I would say that is because to me, to an extent, it felt like Hicks tape was like the, the volume one was like almost like Hardy's first album. Yeah, it, it was in, still in a, a collaboration sense. album from the beginning, but we're yeah, getting off, but we're getting off sense, on it. Yeah. We're getting off on a tangent. I'm about to we're t- tighten up, folks. We're we got to get back on topic so we can finish out this episode. <laughs> Dictator Logan. Well, I mean, I am at the lead mic, so it kind of is my job. <laughs> it is my job to get it back yeah. on track, even though yeah. we get off on tangents sometimes. But yeah, so now to Andy's number one, uh, Morgan Wallen, Dangerous. Kyle's was Morgan Wade, Reckless. And my number one is not even somebody in the roots uh, genre of like country rock and roll or like country and like country rock kind of stuff. But I'm a big fan of John Mayer, like unabashedly. And he put out fantastic record uh, this year called Sob Rock. 
and it's kind of like I mean? if you let me get into the explanation of the album <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of has like a 1980s aesthetic think like was it full moon fever is it looks uh by tom petty like on the album cover is what i mean he's got like the the blazer with the sleeves rolled up holding the guitar and it, it's kind of like a almost like soft rock yacht rock kind of sonic sounds on it it's fantastic Last Train Home, he actually had Marin Morris um, doing backing vocals on that song. That was a, one of the lead singles. Um, like, it, it's a, just a, I think it's a really, really good record. I, and like, Mayer's uh, one of the most talented musicians out there right now, but like, shouldn't matter, but it does. Fantastic song. Then you've got like Shot in the Dark, and you look at the music video, it's straight, it looks like it's straight out of the 1980s, where it's just talking about like how every time you ha- have a relationship, it's just another shot in the dark. Um, then you have songs that there was like one, I think one big miss on the record. And that's why, you know, love me, why he decided to phrase it like a five-year-old is beyond me. I listened to an interview to get his explanation for that. And I just didn't understand it because <laughs> mm. mayor is like, if you hear him do interviews, he's kind of like a very strange guy, but you know, really talented people in the arts kind of are sometimes, but yeah, Shot in the Dark's a good one. Till the Right One Comes, I, I think is a really good song because it's like sitting there, he's addressing the fact that he hasn't had like a long-term relationship and people are like saying, you know, well, he's, he, what is he chasing? Why is, uh, why does nothing ever work out? And he's like, it isn't like I woke up one day and uh, looked around and decided I was going to stay lonely. He was mm-hmm. like, it's just, you know, he's going to prove him wrong when the right one comes. He said he's seen a lot of bad things. So he's, he wants to try to make sure it's the right situation for he takes that dive but i i can't recommend this record enough i'm not going to say it's in his top three best records he's ever put out but it's definitely one of my favorite records of 2021 so far over album the cover art excuse me looks like a thirst trap for women oh i mean yeah that's probably the marketing for that aspect yeah it looks like a thirst trap but i mean look mayor is one of those dudes that uh, straddles that line between he well, he's like 43 now. So it's like, it's not so much like he used to be women used to throw themselves at him. Like the young girls mm-hmm. did. It's not so much the case anymore because he's older and he's not we like a big school. pop act. But like he, he's a, his songwriting as he's gotten older is like gotten so much better from when he was 22 <laughs> and he wrote an awful song called your body is a wonderland. But like his songwriting now is is like sometimes really good, sometimes it's just good. But he's also on a, like uh, definitely one of the best guitarists out there in music. I look at hey look man, I, as the kids say, a little sus with the zebra trim under the jacket. A little sus, old fashioned statement. You think he poached it? It's nineteen eighties aesthetic. When I told you that. Okay, that makes more sense now. Okay, and that's it. <laughs> makes more sense now. <laughs> look at the look at how he's dressed and the he has the nice price on the uh, sticker on the album cover on a digital album like they used to have. Yeah. Okay. This is yeah. Let's see if you got the little green label on it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is making more sense now. I just want to know: Does he have his jeans rolled up? I don't know. Slightly out of frame, but. I recommend this record. Everyone should listen to it. Um, if you don't like it, is that's that's fair. But give it a shot. Never gave John Mayer a fair shake. 
That's only because you probably have only heard Bailey play Your Body is a Wonderland and Waiting on the World to Change, which I think are two of his worst songs. Is that the one where they're talking about a Walmart parking lot? Or I think that's what they say. No, nah, that's Chris Cagle. No. <laughs> Put up a parking lot. Maybe that's what the lyric is. Or I can't, I don't know. Nope. I'm pretty sure that's not John Mayer. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. That's a country song, I'm pretty sure. No, not Chris Cagle, Walmart parking lot. Kyle is no. legit. Not a good one at that. Kyle is no, legit. No, but put up and... a parking lot. I've heard that before. Yeah, that song, Andy. Isn't that a John Mayer song? I don't think so. Kyle is legit just been wrong about all of his uh, I'm having a rough assumptions today. Second half of this episode. So Okay, that's not a John Mayer song. Okay. My but, apology. Uh, I know. I'm almost positive it's yeah. not. Yeah. Deep. Berries, I don't know. No, that's not a that's that's like a I know exactly what you're talking about. I think that's like a Maroon 5 song. It's not Maroon 5, is it? I know it, I know it. Uh, it's like song put up a parking lot. I always yeah, thought that was that's not John was Mayer. A, okay, I John, think it was Maroon. John, John Mayer isn't that poppy, man. Like he makes pop rock, he doesn't make pop. I just keep hearing Andy. Sure I know. <laughs> <laughs> People are going to be like, what is wrong with yeah, Andy? He's in, he's yeah, in Kabul, exactly. Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> Not very good at internet service in Kabul. I, is, I blame Verizon. Is it Kabul or Kabul? Kabul. Kabul, Kabul okay. I'm going to keep saying Kabul because I'm a redneck, but purposefully mispronunciating it. <laughs> but, Anyways, just to round up, everybody said their top three. I was uh, three, Parker McCollum. Hollywood Gold, two, Morgan Wade, Reckless, and three, or in number one, uh, Sob Rock by John Mayer. I was uh, Mike in the Moon Pies, Parker McCollum, and Morgan Wade. Andy? Mine was Riley Green and an interchangeable Morgan and Morgan, Wallen and Wade. Yeah, well, there you go, folks. Through the month of October, those are our three favorite records of the year. Again, not what we think are the three best records of the year, but three of our favorite records. So looking forward to the Brooks and Dunn show. You guys should definitely go check out these albums. If you haven't heard them for this episode of country and cold cans, I'm Logan sitting here with Andy and Kyle. We will see you next time. Take care. One, two, three, four.